Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. I really need to make my bed. Yeah, what's going on back there, Zach? Hold on, is that really your bed behind you? Welcome to the Flex, by the way, but Zach, is that really your bed behind you? No, no it's Justin's JG's. <laughs> Even better, so you stole his screenshot, and it's your background. Yeah, when I logged in, he goes, I'll be right back, and I noticed he had his Titans film room logo, but then he also had his unmade bed, so I had to take a screenshot and use it for my background. Well, I mean, you don't usually make up your own hotel beds, though. No, that's true. The, yeah. I guess they haven't came to uh, make his bed and then put a mint on it. Or the towels that they make in shapes of like elephants or little yeah. or, or whatever. Swans. Little swans, yeah. <laughs> so like I said, welcome back to the Flex. Another edition of Flex. Great fantasy content. Check out broadwaysportsmedia.com for the fantastic, all the other fantastic content that you have been looking for. Make sure you also check us out on Twitter, 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 Twitter at BroadwayTN and follow this show at Flex on Broadway. And by the way, not for nothing, head on over to Facebook and Instagram and find us there too. So like I said, we've got a lot of great fantasy goodness to get to tonight. But first, wanted to extend a happy congratulations to our own Robert Greenlaw. Happy anniversary, brother. Thank you very much. And thank you to my wife for allowing me to record this podcast on our fourth anniversary. So thank you, Maggie. That, gonna, that answers two questions. Congratulations on that. Thank you, Maggie. Uh, four years. That's awesome, man. Half, half a decade, almost. Almost there. Almost, and yeah. I guess it won't be a fifth since you're recording a podcast instead of spending time with her. Right. right. Well, technically, number four really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. It's number. It's the first one. It's t- The first one is paper. Then the number five is 10, T-I-N, right? And then there, like, there's all these different uh, levels of anniversary so like four is like nothing. four is flowers and fruit which is uh i mean that's kind of like a valentine's day gift yeah it's like it's like so, you yeah. know mother's day here you go and she's a new mom so that you know that kind of works mm-hmm. you could always do chocolate covered uh fruit you know if you wanted to for fruits and flowers <laughs> that's that's very true yeah i didn't forget the gift i got it already uh so i don't have to worry about that that's good so as someone who's married 10 years, I can I can back everything up you're saying by saying I do not have any clue what the years are. And that's <laughs> awful. I Googled it. That's why I know. All I, I know also- is that five is the Tennessee Titans. Whew, my entire Zoom crashed. Am I still recording? Somehow <laughs> I'm still so. recording. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it got all that. I have no idea. You were frozen on the most disapproving face of all time. Like you were so unenthusiastic about this whole like, conversation. I was trying to hurry up to get to the fantasy stuff because JG just looks so mad. He's like, I'm not here to talk about personal things. I want to talk about ADP and where we should t- get offenses. ADP, by the way, stands for average draft position. We've been told that we don't explain our uh, acronyms. That's for the homie Jay Graver, my father. <laughs> I'm going to call your dad out, but. Yeah, that's not coming from me. 
<laughs> um, I was trying to say the only year I know is that number five is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yeah you did say that. Kind of went off that. that. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, right. I said that a good idea next year would be for me to get a tin sign of the Titans for my wife, and uh, Zach said maybe a trash can. I said that would be perfect. <laughs> and you're just gonna you know, this whole you don't really want to get to your tin vibe we've been kind of hinting right. at. Yeah. So. <laughs> you you also missed Ed's Huxley's half birthday, so. And Aww. Ryan's wife's birthday. Yeah. Yes. Wow. They the real MVPs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of JG and his family, he has got a fantastic article coming out. We've got gotten some previews on it. It's going to have some really good info. It is an article regarding the 2020 NFL offenses confidence rankings NFC edition. The reason we're going to go through this offensively is because you have those moments in your drafts where you're thinking about a player versus another player. It's important to remember what kind of offenses they're in and where to pull from. So speaking with that, uh, it is coming out soon. So watch out for that on our website, broadwaysportsmedia.com, if you didn't catch it the first time through the intro. Uh, But wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit more and go through some of the offenses, things we've talked about in the past. Now, we have spent a few of the last episodes talking about a few offenses. I didn't know if there's anyone when we wanted to kind of not eliminate, but not go too deep into because we've covered in the past. Uh, the, the couple come to mind: Dallas, uh, New Orleans, Arizona. We covered those in links with their players. We all have our ones that we want to draft. I didn't know if y'all wanted anything real, real quick. Y'all want to call out from those teams? Just to say that they're in my top tier for the NFC. All three, all three that you mentioned: the uh, Cardinals, the Cowboys. And who else did you say? Saints. Saints. The Saints. Yeah, I mean, those teams have a lot of guys that you're drafting and that they're just going to get drafted, and we all know it. There's not even much to really say about them. Yeah, all three of those teams have triplets that are going to be ones at their position, and they have a guy, at least one guy, who's going to be a two at their position too. Yeah. So one question about those three, because one of these things is not like the other. Uh, New Orleans and Dallas ranked pretty high in offensive scoring last year. The Cardinals did not. So is that a bit of a projection on on your end, JG? Yeah, I think we're all looking to the Cardinals to take a step forward. You know, if you look at last year, I think they were 15th in points per drive and 18th in yards per drive, or maybe that's inverted. But, you know, kind of middle, later later down the list, for a fantasy team, you want a team that's obviously putting up yards and points because that's where fantasy points come from. So we are looking at a little projection there, but DeAndre Hopkins is going to help take that, uh, help the team take the next step. Kyler Murray going into his second year of the offense. Cliff Kingsbury proved himself to be very adaptable last year. He's not very, very anti-Chip Kelly in the sense that he doesn't seem to be stuck on a system. Like when he, the five wide wasn't working, he ran it with different personnel. And now I think they have the personnel to really go with the five wide they want. So I just think that whole team's going to be better, including the offense. And you'll see fantasy production uptick. I mean, they already had fantasy producers to begin with. So, And then Larry Fitzgerald, tidbit. Larry Fitzgerald always starts the season out well. He never really finishes that hot, but like after the first month of the season, he's like a top 15 wide receiver every year. It's like, hmm, he doesn't get drafted that high. Grab yourself some Larry Fitzgerald, start him for the first month of the season, have low expectations, because from then, probably won't be too good. DeAndre Hopkins working into wow. the offense. Wow, already getting on. played off. <laughs> the quick Hit it, baby. Hook. Hit it. Uh, 
I will say this just real quick to add on to that about the points being scored and having a lower tiered offense last year. They didn't get Kenyon Drake until around the trade deadline. So Kenyon Drake really turned that offense around when he was getting the ball. They were firing on all cylinders. So do not sleep on Kenyon Drake. He's a great addition. DeAndre Hopkins, great addition. Let's go. Let's go cards. So the only reason you got the playoff music, because I already told the audience we weren't going to spend a whole lot of time, and here you are going through your entire article on the on the Cardinals. So just chill out, man. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Of course, I didn't get the playoff reference in there because I turned down my stupid soundboard. Good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one thing we did, we did talk about some of these things uh, a little bit beforehand. And where I want to go to next with these teams is a team that last year finished 20 points behind the Cardinals. It seemed to be a little bit of a conflict about where we were. And I, I always love a good fight amongst the, these, this group here. And, and that is the Detroit Lions. And I know that we had someone who was pretty pro. And I, not to steal words, but someone who said they suck. Yeah, I can take this. So I'm going to be honest. At the beginning of this week, I did not think that I would come on this podcast and have to have a pro Detroit Lions mindset. I didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think I was going to have to put any time into the Lions really going into this week but in the chat I mentioned you know I kind of low-key like the Lions offense and I was told by Zach get a life so I said okay fine I'll here you alive. are in a podcast I know you listen I know. to me so well I'll tell you what I did so I went to the life store I I put on my mask got in my car drove to the life store and I said I you know I got my new life I took it to the cash register and I said here you go you know my my buddy Zach or at least I think he's my buddy you know told me to get a new life here it is and the cashier goes well why do you need one and I said well because I kind of like the Detroit offense and he goes well, you don't need one he goes here have this and he gave me a badge that said vindication but it was spelled r-o-b-e-r-t and it was I mean just kind of this wild scenario so I came back home you know reinvigorated and I you know I started looking up the Lions and I found out last year they were the fifth best offense for uh, fantasy points from wide receivers and the 12th best for quarterbacks and they had Matt Stafford for half of a year Wow! I mean they had so Danny Amendola where do you think Danny Amendola ranked last year in fantasy 33rd. points 33rd that would be pretty great wouldn't it he didn't he finished 49th which is still pretty good for Danny Amendola but Marvin Jones finished 28th Question: Which is Noah healthy all last year? I can't remember because like he 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 can't stay on the field. So did he stay on the field all last year? Yeah, he did. But it doesn't matter because he had David Blau and uh, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll throwing passes to him half the year. Uh, Marvin Jones finished wide receiver twenty eight, which is perfectly fine for your flex spot, right? And Kenny Galladay wow. finished wide receiver nine. So there's plenty of options, at least in the passing game. And this is with, you know, absolute garbage at quarterback. So I, I like their wide receivers, at least the top two. I'm not advocating draft Danny Amendola. That's insane. But draft the other draft Marvin Jones, draft Kenny Galladay and draft Matt Stafford. I just want what I want to say is one thing real quick before I turn the floor over to Zach and I'll let him go is I want to get your thoughts on the running backs. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a great situation. Last year, I think they were 27th in fantasy points from running backs. So I I very much like DeAndre Swift, 
but I have no faith in them utilizing running backs correctly there, but I do have faith in them throwing the ball a trillion times. Like this is the Detroit Lions are the Chloe O'Brien from 24 of the NFL. Like you kind of wish they weren't there. They're not very good, but they're there. Like they're not going to die in any season. They continue to show up. They continue to be in almost every episode. Like they're there all the time. And so you have to give them their due a little bit. And that's why I said I low-key like them. So Greenlaw low-key likes the Detroit Lions passing game. Stay the hell away from the running game. Zach, rebuttal. Here's what I'm going to say about this, is that Matt Stafford started off on fire. And Kenny Galladay and all of them started on fire. That's where they got all the fantasy points, and that's where why they were ranked so low because they got all their fantasy points at the beginning of the year, and then Jeff Driscoll comes in and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. Matt Stafford is coming off of a back tailbone fracture, and that's going to be a pretty hard injury. It's, he's going to be slow. And he, Derek Carr was slow coming off a fractured back as well. In fantasy point wise, back in 2018, he had a slow start. Matt Stafford will have a slow start. And Matt Stafford is, you know, it's been a while, but he has a penchant for racking up some injuries here and there. And I don't know, quarterback 13, and then you have Kenny Galladay's wide receiver seven, and then you have DeAndre Swift at RB26. And I don't know, I just don't like anything. And like TJ Hawkinson tied in 14. I mean, Hawkinson and uh, Galladay are both, you know, in the COVID-19 protocol. So, you know, you don't know right there, they're already getting COVID. Like, I mean, give me a break. I mean, these guys can't be smart enough to stay in a bubble. I mean, this seems like very stupid people. So I'm not really going to rely on this on this offense moving because they can't even not get COVID. Come does, on. That COVID does that COVID list mean just – this is more to help me out than the audience, but does that COVID list mean that they – I thought it was either they got it or that they know that they were around someone who has it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So they may just be around idiots. Correct. Well, I mean, if you surround yourself <laughs> with idiots, aren't you the king idiot? Well, I'm in this podcast. <laughs> Matthew Stafford is a potential league winner this season. Oh. Matthew Thank Stafford. Thank you. Matthew Stafford, when he got hurt last year in week in his eighth game of the season, week nine, I think, eight, week eight, maybe, he was on pace for 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns to just 10 interceptions. Matt Stafford led the NFL in intended air yards per attempt and aggressiveness percentage. After a few years of being this guy who was like dumping it off because he got a new offensive coordinator who was like, I'm going to make, was it Jim Bob Cooter? was like, I'm going to fix Matthew Stafford. And he turned him into this check down dump off machine. That's over. Matthew Stafford was back to the gunslinger, aggressive guy last year. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, I think he would have finished as a top five quarterback. I mean, 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns is going to be a top five quarterback pretty much any year. So... The where where you can get Matt Stafford right now, I mean, there's quarterbacks are a diamond dozen. You can get any quarterback at any point in the draft, right? Outside of the top two guys. But if you're looking late in the draft to waiting on your quarterback, there are a few options that are more enticing to me than Matt Stafford. He's also my pick for comeback player of the year. Cam Newton, that that guy came in out of nowhere and is kind of a favorite, but Matt Stafford's got it. 
I'm done. The Lions, I don't know about the Lions, but if Matt Stafford throws 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns, which he was on pace for last year again, the Lions receivers are going to have fantasy points because you got to throw to somebody. All I know is that apparently Justin is a cashier at the Life Store because this is the only way that this is go. This is what I realized today. At the Life Store, Justin works there. Now, I will say I have zero confidence in Matt Patricia as a head coach, but that actually helps Matt Stafford and all the Lions fantasy players because Matt Patricia is in charge of the defense, and if he's not really very competent, then the defense isn't going to be great, and the offense is going to have to score more points. And what they do last year, they traded away their best secondary players. They traded away Diggs, and then this offseason they traded away Slay. Like that defense isn't getting any better, despite the despite the resources they pour into it. They did draft Akuda, but I mean, rookies coming in this year trying to learn a defense might be complex. Yep. I mean, I don't know about that. All right, Lions. We're well, done with the Lions. All, there's all your Detroit information you would ever need or, or want. And what I want to go through now is. Pick your guys' brains on, we'll start with offenses that we have not mentioned that you would want to pull players from based on their performance and what you think they're going to perform this year. And we will start with Zach. Oh, uh, we kind of talked about Carolina, so I don't want to talk to them about too much. Uh, so I'm going to actually go to, you know what? I'm going to go to Atlanta. I really like Atlanta's values. Atlanta's uh, a top-tier team for me. Yeah, I... I have to say Hayden Hurst tied in 11 is really good. Calvin Ridley wide receiver 17 is a little rich for my blood, but Julio Jones being the fifth wide receiver, that's because of touchdowns, but he's going to get you the yards. And I think with Todd Gurley down there, listen, I wrote about it in my fantasy article, the fourth down decision, broadwaysportsmedia.com. It's only $7 for life. If you go in and sign up this week by Sunday, but Todd Gurley has nobody behind him. There is nobody taking snaps away from Todd Gurley except for Todd Gurley's knees. And I think that everything that happened last year with the Rams and them saying it's about injuries, I think is all a hoax. It's all a hoax. And I think that Todd Gurley's healthy. He's in his home state. He's in his home field. He loves Atlanta, went to Georgia, all that crap. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. And he is going to run wild. And getting him as RB14, he will be an RB1 because there's the opportunities there. It's all about opportunities when it comes to running backs. That's why nobody wants the Lions running backs. That's why nobody wants the Patriots running backs. All about that. Matt Ryan, QB9, always underrated. He's always in that kind of area. Sometimes you can get him in the 12th round of your draft. That's a steal. Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, both steals. Hey, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is another league winner at quarterback. Those are the two guys I'm really going after. The Matties, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. If you just look, this is a crazy thing, and I don't know if this is real, but if you just look at Matt Ryan's box score, since Dan Quinn became the head coach of the Falcons in 2015, Matt Ryan goes amazing year, horrible year, amazing year, not horrible, but like, it's actually crazy. Yards per attempt, total yards, touchdowns, interceptions, passer rating, they all go like Odd years, he's not very good. Even years, he's been amazing. It's 2020, baby. It's an even year. It's time for Matt Ryan to rise back up. It's just how football goes. You know, you go up and down and up and down, and that's how you have an average career or a career average, not an average career, a career average. If Matthew Stafford, I mean, if Matt Ryan's going to average 30 touchdowns for his career or 32 touchdowns for his career, he threw 26 touchdowns last year, he's going to throw 30 something this year. That's just how it works. And to Zach's point, Todd Gurley was uh, running back 14 last year, and I mean, he had a 
a bad season. So now with no competition for any touches, he's going to, I think the assessment that he's going to be a wide or running back one is fair. Yeah. I think he's a guy that people will be scared to draft also. So you might be able to even get him at a better value than his current. I'd be a little scared to draft him to be honest, but yeah, listen, listen, and I wouldn't, and he was on my go for it because you know he was going in the third round but like the the next guy behind him on the death chart is a guy named brian hill who the fuck is brian hill (laughs) (laughs) i mean Eno smith was so bad these last few years trying to fill in for Devontae smith he's actually fourth on the running back death chart i don't even remember who the third guy was but give me a fucking break who the, the fucking brian hill is that the equipment manager is that someone's son on the staff it's I Todd would. Gurley's backfield. He ain't going to have to mess with this bullshit that uh, dumbass McVay tried to pull last year. RB1, like, Todd Gurley. I do want to apologize to Brian Hill's family. I know they listen to this podcast. We know who he is. We just don't think he has any fantasy value. <laughs> he needs to go to the Get a Life store. And if Justin talks, that, talks him out of getting a life, that's bad customer service. I know someone last year. I'm not going to name any names. Business. I know someone last year. I'm not going to name any names. But they got suckered into Brian Hill. I think had 20 carries in one game. I'm not going to mention what he averaged, but they said, you know what? He's going to be he's going to be fed the rock. And I don't think he got but eight carries the rest of the season after that after that game. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was someone picked him up ahead of I think Perryman last year when Perryman got hot, and I got Perryman right after him, and Perryman won me the league and. Brian Hill did Brian Hill things. Yeah. So what we're saying is we're, we're pretty bully on a lot of the Falcons offense uh, skeptical about Gurley, but he could be a good value, especially if he, if people are like me and Greenlaw and we're having our doubts and we let him slide, you can pick him up. So yep. let's go to JG Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst. We've mentioned him on previous pods to so go listen to those, but Hayden Hurst, I mean, Austin Hooper was fourth in tight ends in targets per game last year. There's a lot of opportunity there. And like Zach was saying, fantasy football is all about opportunity. Yeah, and that's going to be in your article too as well as bringing up Hayden Hurst. And that's probably why I wasn't going to him because I know we talked about him in our past uh, podcast as well. Greenlaw was pretty big on him, I believe, in one of our podcasts. So, But, J.G., we'll stick with you here. Give us another offense that you might want to pull players from. So another offense is my – so we've been through my top four. We didn't really touch on three of them. Am I frozen again? God fucking damn it. Fucking damn it. This is bullshit. Welcome back. God damn it. <laughs> you sound fantastic. Okay, we got you. We're, we're here, and uh, I'm recording the audio, so I'll just send you the audio after the pod. Hey, All right. hey are, any changes you've seen? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that he's seen the money shot, I'm going to turn my background off. Holy shit. Did he see it, or was he just reacting to his technology circumstances? Did you confirm you see the glory, gloriousness that's going on behind all of us? You're muted. Muted. <laughs> muted. There you are. This is the worst thing that's ever happened in my whole life. <laughs> and this better all be on the YouTube. I'm just saying. Right. Your now. backgrounds are fucking ridiculous, Zach. <laughs> are you recording video? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just recording. My computer won't even shut down. It's just, I mean, the whole thing is garbage. 
You fragged it, man. With <laughs> whatever team you're about to talk about, your computer wanted none of it. Well, I get no stats now. The team I was going to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles, who surprisingly oh. led the NFL in plays per game last season. Now, I don't really know anything about who the primary targets are going to be on the Eagles. They got two potential tight end ones, just given how weak tight end is in general. They have Miles Sanders, who will likely be an RB1, although he's getting drafted a little too high for my taste as a second-round pick right now. And then they got some receivers that may or may not be healthy and may or may not provide value. But I think that if Jalen Rager is slipping down draft boards, I know Zach loves him some Jalen Rager. He's a guy that could be a potential, uh, I mean, boomer bust guy, but in the right matchup. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of options on the Eagles that could provide value. They run a lot of plays, but I just don't know who they are. But like, what's your confidence level? Cause that's my thing. I, I know that Carson Wentz did a lot with, with hardly anybody last year, and he's probably going to have to do a lot with hardly anybody this year. Do you have confidence level in these wide receivers that you would – how would you even choose to start Jalen? Is it just attrition because yeah. someone's on by? I mean, like, that's, that's where I run into an issue with Philadelphia. Like – yeah, Miles Sanders is good, and I think he's going to be really good in PPR, but is he good enough that I'm going to take him in round two? Or can I get – or would you rather have Miles Sanders or now Clyde's Edward Hilaire? I mean, yeah, no question. No question. That's where I'm at. It's like I think they're going to be a good offense. I just don't know which fantasy players I want other than the tight ends. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Ertz is the only guy that you could almost rely on and start every week. I guess you could do Wentz, but – I'd rather have other. I'd rather have other more quarterbacks. exciting quarterbacks to watch because I, I really don't have an interest in watching a Philadelphia Eagles game right now. The thing with Goddard is like, yes, he is a tight end one just by numbers. At least he was last year. But this year, wouldn't you rather have a guy who's not going to be inhibited by some sort of ceiling that another player is putting on him? Like a we've talked about John, and we've talked about other guys who were not not tight end ones last year but they have the ability to be one this year just because of opportunity yeah it's got a good potential though to surprise people because you you are right i mean deshaun jackson jalen rager alshon jeffrey depending on if they're all healthy and then you got two the, those two tight ends and miles sanders it has potential it's it shouldn't be slept on it's just that i when i am looking at fantasy drafts i'm looking for sure bets and i think Ertz and Wentz are the only people the only technically sure bets on this team as long as Wentz can stay healthy like he stayed healthy last year yeah that's the big key for me and Wentz is a guy that i always look at as one of those quarterbacks that i know will be there late for me so that i can draft other positions with confidence that with Wentz is a guy that can go to but that's the big keys can he stay on the field he's done a better job of it here of late so hopefully that continues going forward if you take that chance on him. So as we went to the break there, uh, we did move on for Greenlaw as well. Just wanted to get your opinion on a team that you would pick through. Sure. So I like the, uh, the Seahawks offense quite a bit. I like Tyler Lockett as a high, really high-end wide receiver two, borderline wide receiver one. Um, I like DK Metcalf quite a bit as well. He was wide receiver 33 last year. Yes, 33 last year. And he could be a you know one of the uh, flex guy, high end flex guy this coming year. Let me ask a question: 
why is Tyler Lockett not considered a wide receiver one? I, why is Tyler he's, Lockett? Because he's small. I don't know. Why is he going, I, every year he gets slept on. DK Metcalf is going a whole round ahead of him. It makes no sense to me. It's insane. Well, he yeah. did make the top 100 uh, over other <laughs> receivers who had much better years. So I don't know. Tyler Lockett but. is wide receiver 21. And this guy got eight touchdowns last year, 10 touchdowns a year before. You yep. don't see 18 touchdowns in two seasons from wide receivers very often. He mm-hmm. is Russell Wilson's go-to guy, and he makes amazing catches. Tyler Lockett is the first player in NFL history to be targeted more than 90 times in a season and give his quarterback a 158.3 perfect passer rating when targeted, 2018. Right, and in an offense that is as run-heavy as the Seattle offense is, maybe there's not enough room like on a weekly basis for there to be two wide receivers that are productive. And I'm going to bank on the guy, like you just said, who has that proven rapport with Russell Wilson, who's, who was quarterback four last year, another guy very high on. And then from uh, the running back perspective, uh, Chris Carson was running back 12 last year. So running back one in a very running back centric offense, uh, I, and then sneaky, I cut, we've, we've talked about Greg Olson and how he's probably going to break his leg pretty early in the season, which leads God. me to, oh my God. Holy crap. which his leads foot. me to his, his foot, the his life foot, score tonight, his man. Foot. What's wrong with you? His foot, which leads me to Will Disley, who last year before he got injured was tight end number nine uh, in points per game. So there's something there with him and Wilson, not a guy I'm probably going to draft, but someone who I'm going to keep my eye on as the season progresses and pending uh, Greg Olson's foot or uh, broadcasting career. We'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. If, if you're a mandatory tight end league, draft Will Disley. That's how I feel about Will Disley. Uh, and I think that that's important to say just because Gronk right now is going tight end seven. And much like his Madden rating, that is way too high. <laughs> Greg Olson is going tight end 23. So full 10 spots ahead in their own position, Greg Olson over Will Disley. Makes no sense. Nope. Uh, here's the only thing about Disley is that he, he tore his Achilles in like week eight last year, and that's – sometimes takes a long time to recover from. So I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. I don't know if the Seahawks know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. And then with the running backs, they also just signed Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde put up a thousand yards rushing last year behind the, according to next gen stats, new expected yards metric worst offensive line in the NFL in the Houston Texans last year, when it came to run blocking, he still put up a thousand yards. I feel like Chris Carson is a guy the Seahawks like, and want to give the ball to, but he has had some trouble staying healthy and he's had some trouble with fumbles. And I could see a situation where the Seahawks are like, let's run Carlos Hyde into the ground in the regular season and save uh, Chris Carson for later on the line. I am, I like the Seahawks. It's going to be a great offense. They're in my tier two of offenses, high confidence rating, but I am not picking those running backs. I'm staying away from the running backs because I'm afraid that I don't know how they're going to use them. And I haven't even talked about Rashad Penny, who's probably going to be worked in at some point. So I, I think I think Penny's the odd man out with Carlos Hyde so and Chris too. Carson. 
And I, and I really yeah. do think that Chris Carson is a, is a workhorse running back if he can stay healthy, like you said. Yeah. But even last year they had Penny and they still gave the ball to Carson all the time, even though he had those, those fumble problems and all that. It didn't matter. They, gave, they fed him the ball on a weekly and, basis. And I think RB17, when you look at the 32 starting running backs for the league, I think RB17 is appropriate for Chris Carson. Yeah. And I will be, I'll say this. If Tyler Lockett's there in the fifth round in your draft – I mean, if you want to go running back, running back, and you want to go running back, running back four times in a row, you'd be fine if you got Tyler Lockett as your wide receiver one in the fifth round and built up from there. Because, I mean, it's just ridiculous that the disrespect he gets in most fantasy leagues that I've been in, I've only had him in one in the last few years. And I want that Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett stack. I tried to get in every league I could last year. And it only worked in one, but that is the one. That's one of the few stacks that you can bank on week and week, week in and week out, in my opinion. So it's not that I think DK Metcalf is going to be bad because I really think he's going to be good. It's just that Lockett, like to Greenlaw's point, has the consistency, has the history. Plus, Metcalf to me is one of those that, yeah, he may score on a couple deep passes, but he may only get one or two of those or one or two attempts at those a game where Lockett is going to get the volume. And so, for me, right, um, which they, I, I think is fine for your flex position, especially in deeper leagues. Having that, uh, yeah, having that touchdown ability or big play ability. Um, I mean, if it's like between, I don't, I don't know, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, and DK, I'm going to take DK probably. Really? Let me say this: This is very, very important that you all hear this, and not only you, you three, but everybody that's listening. Last year. When targeted in the red zone, Tyler Lockett was a 90 passer rating, okay? And then he actually had the second most red zone targets for a wide receiver. Michael Thomas was 26, Tyler Lockett with 24, and he had a 70.8% catch percentage, and all seven of his eight touchdowns last year came in the red zone. That is super important for a wide receiver, but not to be slept on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. DK Metcalf was 10th in the league last year in red zone targets. Now, his catch rating was 33.3, but he garnered 18 targets and caught six, and he got four touchdowns last year in the red zone. So that's that's a, real quick, that's 11 touchdowns to, I believe, Russell Wilson's like 24 or something. He was in the 20s last year. A, two wide receivers, 11 touchdowns in the red zone. That is very important for these two guys going forward, and I think DK Metcalf will be even better in the red zone. I really love this offense, by the way. Yeah, I could be wrong yeah. about that, but just listen to you give out those stats about the catch rates and everything. tells me that Metcalf is getting one route, and it's either caught or it's not. And that, that's a percentage that kind of fits along with a lot of fade attempts. And Lockett has more of a repertoire to pick from when he's in that red zone. So I think that goes to kind of along with what we were saying, the stats seem to match up with what our opinions there on those two receivers that close to the end zone. But they are targeting both those guys quite a bit. I think you'd take either one of them that are, that are getting that amount of touchdowns in the red zone or getting that amount of targets in the red zone. That tells me that the Seahawks throw in the red zone a yeah. lot which means you want Russell on your team because Russell can run it into the end zone too. Yep. And he had a down year in terms of number of rushing touchdowns last year from his career average. I think he only had like three last year. He usually has like five or six. So 
That's more points right there. And they should be throwing it in the red zone. Their offensive line is terrible. They didn't do anything to fix it. So except in the Super Bowl. Except in the Super Bowl. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's a one-off. So with the the history of this podcast, I am surprised that none of y'all, JG, brought up the Rams and want to talk a little bit more about Robert Woods. I got three more offenses we can cover if you if you want to get into it. The Rams is one of them, but you can listen to previous pods to really hear. I, I mean, the Rams. I, I feel like Robert Woods joking. The Rams are definitely due for a bounce back year. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, Jared Goff, all those guys are fantasy starters this year. I mean, I'm not a huge Jared Goff guy, but I just think that he's going to be a I'm, fantasy producer. I'm I think really he's bad, bad at football. I'm but. really high on Cam Akers. I, I can't stress that enough, how high I am on Cam Akers. I think he's going to be a stud for fans. I'm, I'm with you, year. but I want to I touch something. Let's go back to the Panthers real quick. I know we talked about Robbie Anderson. We've talked about DJ Moore. We've talked about all those guys. But someone that we haven't talked about that actually was brought up today by Matt Rule was Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, all six of his touchdowns came in the red zone. And he, Matt Rule today, said that he wants to use, he he thinks that Curtis Samuel has been misused and that he wants to use Curtis Samuel like he was used at Ohio State. I know last year was supposed to be the year that everybody, Curtis Samuel was that guy that everybody was buying. He he was going to be that sneaky fantasy player all the experts thought was going to explode. So that was the guy you were told to draft, right? You definitely got disappointed if you drafted Curtis Samuel. This is the year to draft Curtis Samuel. This is the year to do it. Do it late. Don't do it too high. But I think that Curtis Samuel right now is going as far – his position number is um, – he's going wide receiver 62. That's pretty good. So that's about borderline – he's probably not getting drafted or maybe the 15th, 16th round. That's pretty good. I'd be taking a flyer on Curtis Samuel to get those red zone touchdowns and – you know, there's there's a lot of mouths to feed, but they all do different things. And I think this is the year. Curtis Samuel's not a great number two, obviously, wide receiver. But, hey, number three in the slot, they're going to get creative with them. Let's let's roll. Let's roll, baby. That's exactly uh, Value-wise, between the three wide receivers, Samuel, Moore, and Anderson, where would you rank them? Value-wise, not, that, not as far as, like, you know, who's one, two, and three, but value-wise, how would you rank those? I would probably say that Curtis, Samuel, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Because DJ Moore is wide receiver 10, and I find that surprisingly high. It does Um, seem high. uh, But, you know, I mean, that's higher than Tyler Lockett by 11 spots at their position. I mean, there's not 11 (laughs) wide receiver difference. In fact, Tyler Lockett, that should be flipped. Yeah. DJ Moore should be like 21. Tyler Lockett should be 11 or, or yeah. yeah, or 10. That's crazy. So I'm yeah. out on DJ Moore on his current value in ADP. Pass those guys. I mean, I like this Carolina offense, but pass them. Yeah, I mean, Curtis Samuel, uh, Josh Norris is a noted Carolina Panthers fan, the host of the Roto World podcast, said that on one of his shows about Curtis Samuel – I think he had like the highest percentage of off target throws downfield or something of any player in the league last year. So you just give him some targets on target with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that his production would skyrocket. I think he's going to get those. And I really like, I like that little tidbit pulling that they're going to use him like they did at Ohio state because he was electric at Ohio state. He was a prospect that I think people were very excited about coming out. And if he's going to be a, gimmick or not a gimmick but something they can use to kind of combat teams keying on Christian McCaffrey 
then especially if he's in the slot, that's going to be big for them, especially in the red zone. That's that's something that's that's very smart by Zach, and that's a very smart call. And let me say this: oh. here's the tweet, just real quick. I'm sorry. I, I know we were talking a lot about Curtis Samuel, but <laughs> this is what this is the actual quote from Matt Rule, which goes with what JG just said. Curtis Samuel has always had deep play ability, but wasn't always connected with. Love his versatility at running back, slot, and the outside. Want to use him like he was at Ohio State. That was the um, that was the statement from Matt Rule. Look at you! You're doing so good at attributing tweets to people this week. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're doing such a good job with that. And those are good offenses that do a good job. But moving on, maybe since we've talked about some good ones. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got two more. I got ah, two more. Come on now. All right, go ahead. We, we might as well just do the whole <laughs> a- a- NFC at this point. <laughs> yeah, the that's Rams, a- or sorry, the 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 Niners, who are a good offense, they're kind of like the Eagles to me, where I'm like, I don't know what pass catcher they, I want. They led, the con- they led the conference in scoring. Kittle, that's who, yeah, who you want. They were, I mean, they're at the top of every offensive category, but their quarterback's not going to put up a lot of fantasy points. Debo Samuel's hurt. We'll see how quickly he can get back. I don't really want to draft any of their other pass catchers george kittle is a good point Mostert signed a contract uh renegotiation wait ryan who was that Mostert. hey uh ketchup and mustard signed his contract so he'll be fine he's probably a good i mean take a flyer late on a niners running back but that's just a weird situation where that's like a really good offense that i don't want a piece of (laughs) Yeah, I was able to trade for Raheem Mostert in our league uh, recently, and he's a 16th round keeper in our league. Wow, that's to me that's excellent value. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep him for the 16th round, it's the last round of the draft, and he's got RB one potential, especially because he's got a chip on his shoulder, and his contract has been reworked to have incentives. So that guy is going to be looking to make that money. Every time Which that means the comes team up, I just get flashbacks of awful right here. Just. <laughs> Zach, are you worried that the Niners have so many running backs that when Mostert starts getting close to his incentives, they'll just play Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon and all the other guys they have? No, because Coleman and McKinnon are probably going to get injured at some point. They're the Greg Olsons (laughs) of running backs. Fair. Oh. Okay, one more offense. Go ahead, JG. This offense has a surprising number of fantasy football starters given – the team, the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings also lost a lot of defense, like a lot of key veteran defensive leaders this offseason. The Vikings want to run the ball a lot. Dalvin Cook showed up to training camp. He's not holding out. They're not going to be able to run it as much as they like to, I think, this year. Gary Kubiak taping, taking over as full-time offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak has always coordinated good offenses throughout his entire career as an offensive coordinator. But with that defense – going to be probably taking a step back or, you know, struggling at least early in the season to adapt to the loss of their veterans. I think that's an offense that's going to put up points. You know, obviously Adam Thielen is a wide receiver one. Dalvin Cook's an RB one. I think Justin Jefferson can be an early, early consideration for, for flex. Kyle Rudolph is a sleeper every single year because his like target numbers are high, but his touchdowns never are. I'm not like a fan of the Vikings and they're kind of boring. There's nothing exciting about the Vikings, but, they might have a good offense. I 100% agree with you there. I do think the defense is going to be a little better than you're giving them credit for because I think their cornerbacks that they lost were all trash, and they got (laughs) some new ones in, Jeff Gladney, some other guys that will be better. But I do agree with you. I think 
Uh, Thielen will be much better. He'll be health, fully healthy this year. He'll be much better. Uh, Cook, it'll be hard for him to be better than he was last year, at least production-wise. But like you said, Gary Kubiak typically has very good running offenses. And I think the, the play action that they used with Cousins will, you know, the running game and the passing game will be, you know, married correctly there. Okay, real quick before we go to the shitty ones. Just I just want to throw this name out there, put it on your radar. Tyler Johnson from Tampa Bay, the slot receiver that um is gonna he's a rookie, but I think that Tom Brady's gonna target him a lot. I just have this feeling, just put it out there. I will bet you that Tyler Johnson is irrelevant fantasy wise this season. Okay. <laughs> we got a bet. Let's, Hold on. Let's find irrelevant. Yeah, Either what's bet. irrelevant? Uh, he will not be a top 30 receiver. Oh, well. Well, that's pretty high. Yeah. 36. Uh, give me give me that he'll be better than Danny Amendola last year, which is wide which receiver is 49. Wide, yep. Top 50. He won't be top 50, I'll bet you. All right. <laughs> Put it, up Put it in stone. Put it in stone, baby. It's Lock stone. that one in. Lock it. Ka-ching. Yeah, that. that was not money. That was a lock. I mean, it sounded like money. It's also money because I'm going to win. <laughs> Tyler Johnson, wide receiver, 50 or better. He's a pretty big guy, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I don't even know what he looks like. I feel I think like he's he was three. a big that, yeah, is, that is coming from the Raptors. Just, I mean, dude. Say, he's he wide receiver 364 right now, okay? <laughs> but I just have this feeling that he is going to – Tom Brady can't throw it very far, so he's oh, going to have to hit – Yeah, the Bucks. The Bucks are an offense. It's probably going to be good that we've talked yeah. about extensively well, on yeah. a previous podcast. But I just on. wanted to mention Tyler Johnson. Gotcha. Yeah. Anybody else that we've said that we're not going to talk about that y'all want to talk about now before we go on to the shitty teams? Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Greenlaw, give me a, a shitty team that you are going to stay far away from when you're making these draft decisions. I mean, in the NFC, there's really just one that stands out as only having one starter that you would want, and that's that's the uh, Washington football team. Nice. Uh, Terry McLaurin is like the only guy I think you would even touch in a draft, and. Uh, I don't want to steal JG's thunder, but I'm going to. Uh, he is being overdrafted right now, so I think you should you should just chill out on drafting Terry at his current ADP. What is that current average draft position? He's being drafted like wide receiver 15 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sixth round when I saw today. Another way to like sixth round. round. I mean, that whole team sucks. I mean, I'm not yeah. touching anything on there. And they're not the only team in the NFC because the Giants suck. The, the Bears NFC suck. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me say that those three right there, I ain't touching anybody on the, any of those teams. Maybe Allen okay. Robinson. Maybe Allen Robinson. And, of what course, Saquon David Barkley. Montgomery. Saquon Barkley, yeah. yeah they got, I, mean, that's, I consider those guys the uh, stars and scrubs tier. Yeah. They're my second to last tier. It's like they might have a star or two, but mostly it's a bunch of scrubs. And, like, it was crazy. It's like the, the Panthers last year, 20th highest scoring offense. Christian McCaffrey led all running backs in scoring by over 150 points. So just because the offense isn't good doesn't mean they'll have complete trash fantasy options. So Saquon Barkley, of course, yeah. but the rest of those teams, the I mean, David Montgomery, maybe. It just depends on how far he falls. Like, right. you know, 
if he, he was my running back two, I'd be really upset. He needs yeah. to be a flex option, I think. Another team oh, we haven't touched sleep on. at the, the wheel. wheel. Wow. <laughs> Another team we haven't touched on at all is the Packers, which I think have like a big three and probably no one else. And even the big three are probably going to be overdrafted. I mean, Aaron Jones had so many touchdowns last year. There's no way that he scores that many touchdowns again. And they added A.J. Dillon. They drafted a goal line back in A.J. Dillon, who might be the next Derrick Henry in the NFL, although I don't know if anyone is Derrick Henry, but he's the closest thing that's entered the league to Derrick Henry since 2016. I mean, okay, so Aaron Rodgers is quarterback 11. I mean, isn't that a little low? I mean, to, to me, that's low. I mean, it's not Kirk Cousins low, who's quarterback 21. last year. So Aaron Rodgers was quarterback 10 last year, so they're – not giving yeah. him much projection because they didn't add anything this offseason besides true. Devin Funches, who's already opted out. Don't draft Devin Funches. <laughs> draft Devin well. Funches and Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> um, what? what, you know, what? Opt out, would you want to draft Devin Funches? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think the odds are that Jordan Love starts a game this year? If, if, if it would have to be to injury or. Aaron Rodgers will will just straight up get traded at the trade deadline. Then he'll at some point this whole thing is combustible, and it's the stupidest thing Matt Lafleur could have ever done. I, I know that the whole point is try to get Jordan Love to be what Aaron, turn Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers into Brett Favre. Give me a break. Aaron Rodgers still is playing some of the best football of any quarterback out there. He. You, instead of trying to push him out, you should be building around him. It's just – it's ludicrous. I hate this offense. I, I'm, I'll be quite honest. I don't trust this running back because Jamal Williams was still getting crazy touchdowns yep. and Aaron – or crazy touches. And Aaron Jones is obviously the clear best running back out of the two. Matt LaFleur got bailed out a lot by Aaron Rodgers last year. And the I, defense. Yeah, and that defense – I'm not expecting the defense to be just as good as they were last year. And I, I think that this whole situation stinks. And I mm-hmm. think that it would be wise. I think it stinks from an NFL level and a fantasy level, to be quite honest with you. I like Devontae Adams as a wide receiver one. But do you like him at wide receiver two? Because he's going exactly. second. He's going number two, the number uh, no, two wide receiver. No, I don't. But I can see the rationale because – they have no one else to throw it to. I am taking Hopkins over him all day, well, yeah, every day. Yeah, it's crazy that – we've already talked about it, but it's crazy that Hopkins is wide receiver three or whatever he is behind – Six, Michael. I think. Six. Six, think. that's even more insane. He's but, wide receiver but, six? Last DeAndre time I Hopkins? Was, oh, Well, last gosh. thing I checked, he was. But that's crazy. That's crazy I mean, talk. He's wide receiver, he's wide receiver three right now. He's Who is wide receiver three but behind it Thomas and – It was fantasy football. Adams. What fantasy, fantasy these fantasy, fantasy drafts football. are really fucking up the ADPs over the this thing year. Is like, no where, <laughs> the thing is, wherever a player is ranked on ESPN, like that's going to determine what their ADP is on ESPN. And where that player is ranked on NFL.com is going to de- determine where that player is drafted on NFL.com and same on Yahoo and same on CBS and every different thing. So like if DeAndre Hopkins is ranked as wide receiver six, on one website, then that website is most likely going to go like wide receiver four to seven because people generally just draft down the line. Ah, people. I, I do want to get back real quick to what uh, Zach said about the situation being combustible because I don't know if you all saw, but Aaron Rodgers was talking this week about how 
it when they got up to their spot in the draft. He had already scoped out like three or four wide receivers in this draft class that he really, really liked. Uh, one of them was Justin Jefferson. I think Ayuk was one of them. There's a, there's a couple other ones, Rieger. And he was just, I mean, you could just tell he was disappointed that that's not the direction they went. And, and I they have didn't no go idea why. The whole draft. The whole draft, yeah, they right. didn't draft a wide receiver. You got another running back. You got two running backs that you use all the time. So, yeah, obviously the need was another one. Yeah. I saw. I don't know if this is the same story, but I saw where he immediately after they drafted uh, Love that he went and took a shot. Just like I'm over this. <laughs> hey, at least he didn't punch someone uh, like uh, who who was Otage like Otage Sebastian Tritola. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, I think I'm, we talked about every single NFC team, guys. I, I you know I'm I'm looking real quick, and I think we did. I mean, Good we job. just passingly mentioned how the shitty the Bears and Giants are, but they're pretty shitty situations yeah. outside of anyway. those two players that we named. You know what's a, what's always fascinating about, about uh, I know this is not really fantasy, but just looking at the offenses, the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys both went 8-8 eight eight last year, right? Well, the Chicago Bears were minus 18 in net points, and the Dallas Cowboys were plus 113. That makes no sense to me if I just look at those numbers as why the Dallas Cowboys were 8-8 eight and, eight and Chicago Bears were 8-8. Eight eight. They, they should have been 4 and something. That's just, I don't get that it's stuff. It's the Jason Garrett effect. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will then explain their 17 tight ends. And Jason Garrett's in New York, the New York Giants offensive coordinator. (laughs) So you know this offense is going to be predictable. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know if you should really draft even Saquon Barkley that high. Because let me say this. I kind of think you're going to see no Nate Solder because Nate Solder opted out. They're left tackle. Daniel Jones is a fumbling machine. Golden Tate's not that good. Sterling, they're going to, and Jason Garrett's predictable, right? So people are just going to kind of load up the box because they know Garrett's going to run the first down, second down, then pass on third down. I, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work for Sterling Shepard as well as it did for Zeke because Zeke had a really great offensive line and at least had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup out there. And Dak Sterling was Shepherd. good. Yeah. And, Sterling Shepherd? I mean, give me a Don't break. Me out here. Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yes. The fine. slot wide receiver is now going to play running back. Yeah. <laughs> According to oh, that. sorry. Sorry. Did I not say Saquon? Sorry. No. <laughs> Didn't even notice. I was in my rant. I was in the zone. I was like, you're just letting you go. You're on a roll. Yeah. It's all good. It's so all good. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be RB2 material. He'll be an RB. When I say RB2, I don't think he's going to be the second best running back. I think he'll be an RB1, but I think he'll be a lower tier RB1. Mm-hmm. I think, that's I think all he's probably, yeah, he's probably going to go number two mm-hmm. and he's probably not going to live up to number two. No. He will live up to number two as poop. <laughs> <laughs> He well, should go to I'm the, gonna get call the right there. You finish talking about the shitty team and finish it with a poop joke. I don't know how much higher this podcast can go tonight. Oh, it I, can go. <laughs> <laughs> JG, yeah. Anyway, we did talk about every single team, I think, just looking very quickly. I don't think there's a single one we left off that we didn't either praise or shit on. So, congratulations, guys. We did it. This is going to wrap up this edition of The Flex. Remember to check out BroadwaySportsMedia.com. As Zach mentioned earlier, sign up for that $7 a month for life before August 2nd. Take advantage of that. Also follow Broadway on Twitter at BroadwayTN and The Flex, The Flex on Broadway. Follow your fantasy experts here, Zach, at 
F words, no, excuse me, at F words pod, JG at Titans Film Room, and Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway. Of course, you can find me at Ryan on Broadway. Also, don't you dare close out this app without subscribing to our podcast and rating us a five-star review. Not for nothing, wouldn't kill you. Until next time, we'll see y'all. The Flex. Make up for some of my missed ones. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to dive into the AFC. I can't wait to dive into this cut. How are you going to cut these two together? That's oh, easy. baby, it's going to be a fun little ride. At least we have the, uh, at least we have the audio. Because there is nothing, if trying to redo the life uh, store joke, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have stunk. It would have stunk. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I'm not redoing that if we have to re-record. At did that you, point, I'd just say just, the lines suck, move on. Did you just ad-lib that? Yeah, I well, I had thought a little bit about because I knew I was, you know, correct about the Lions wide receivers, but <laughs> I had thought a little bit about Zach saying, get a life. <laughs> a Broadway sports media production.